Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. We praise you, O Lord. We praise your holy name. Praise you, O Lord. We praise your holy name. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. We praise you, O Lord. We praise your holy name. We praise your Holy name, O Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise your holy name. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we give you the praise and all honor and glory this morning. We thank you, Lord, for waking us up today in our right mind and right spirit. We ask, Lord, that you go with us in this word today and that you would guide us and help us to understand all that we read. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be with you in your word today, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Okay, everyone. Let's get started. We are in uh, the book of Numbers. Uh, This is Numbers chapter 20. The New Generation. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived in the desert of Zin, and they stayed in Kadesh. There Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled and Moses They quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this desert, that we and our livestock should die here? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to be troubled to this terrible place? It has no grains or fig grapevines or pomegranates and there is no water in the in the there is no water to drink and Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down and the glory of the Lord appeared to them And the Lord and the Lord said to Moses, Take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together, speak to that rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community, so they and their livestock can drink. 
So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. Now listen very carefully. What did the Lord tell Moses to do? Let's read this carefully. The Lord said, Take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to the rock. He said, Speak to the rock. Now let's see what Moses did. Moses said, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Now the Lord said, Speak. He didn't say, Strike it. Right? But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me, Enough to honor me as holy in the sight of Israelites. Do you hear what he just said? Because you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight. Why? Because God was the rock. The water was coming from him. Moses hit him, basically, instead of speaking to him as the Lord had commanded. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, let's, let's move on. So, what does he say to him? He says, But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. These were the waters of Meribah, where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord, and where he showed himself holy among them. Okay? That and the reason why Moses did that is because, like we do many times, uh, we're told to do something a certain way. But we're so angry and so mad with the people that we're dealing with, we don't do it the way it's told to us to do. And then what happens? Then something else happens. It doesn't go as smoothly as it would have gone had you followed the instructions as it was given to you. See? And this is the case with Moses and Aaron. They did not do it the way the Lord said which costs them. And in the long run, it costs you. Okay? When you don't do things the way you're told to do them, it costs you. Okay? All right, let's move on. Moses sent messages from Kadesh to the king of Edom, saying, This is what your brother Israel says. You know about all the hardships that have come upon us. Our forefathers went down into Egypt 
and we lived there many years. The Egyptians mistreated us and our fathers. But when we cried out to the Lord, he heard our cry and sent an angel and brought us out of Egypt. Now we are here at Kadesh, a town on the edge of your territory. Please let us pass through your country. We will not go through any field or vineyard or drink water from any well. We will travel along the king's highway and not turn to the right or to the left until we have passed through your territory. But Edom answers, you may not pass through here. If you try, we will march out and attack you with the sword. The Israelites replied, We will go along the main road, and if we or our livestock drink of any of your water, we will pay it for we will pay for it. We only want to pass through on foot, nothing else. Again they answered, You may not pass through. Then Edom came out against them with a large and powerful army. Since Edom refused to let them go through their territory, Israel turned away from them. Mm. Okay, remember that. The death of Aaron. The whole Israelite community set out for Kadesh and set out from Kadesh and came to Mount Hor. At Mount Hor, near the border of Edom, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Aaron will be gathered to his people. He will not enter the land I give the Israelites, because both of you rebelled against my command at the water of Meribeth. Get Aaron and his son Eleazar and take them up to Mount Hor. Remove, remove, Aaron's garments and put them on his son Eleazar for Aaron will be gathered to his people he will die there Moses did as the Lord commanded they went up to Mount Hor in the sight of the whole community Moses removed Aaron's garments and put them on his son Eleazar and Aaron died there on the top of the mount Then Moses and Eleazar came down from the mountain. And when the whole community learned that Aaron had died, the entire house of Israel mourned for him 30 days. 30 days. 30 days of mourning. Okay. Chapter 21, when the Canaanite king of Arad, who lived in the Negev, heard that Israel was coming along the road to Atharim, he attacked the Israelites and captured some of them. Then Israel made this vow to the Lord. If you will deliver these people into our hands, we will totally destroy their cities. The Lord listened to Israel's plea and gave the Canaanites over to them. They completely destroyed them and their towns. So the place was named Harmoth. 
They traveled from Mount Hor along the route of the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die and in the desert? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We've sinned. We sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. The Israelites moved on the camp at Orbeth. Then they set out for Orbeth and camped in Lyabrium in the desert that faced Moab towards the sunrise. Uh, from there, they moved on and camped in Zurich Valley. They set out for there and camped alongside the Aaron, which is the desert extended, extending into Amorite territory. The Aaron is the border of Moab. And the Amorites, <laughs> that is why the brook of the wars of the Lord says. Now, notice it says the book of wars. I tell everyone to make sure that you pay attention when we're uh, doing this and you see another book. Write that book down, the Book of Wars. <clears throat> Excuse me. Will we find the Book of Wars? That's the question. But here it is mentioned, the Book of Wars. Wahab in Surah and the ravens the Aaron and the slopes of ravens, the lead to the site of Ar, and lie along the border of Moab. From there, they continued on to bear the well where the Lord said to Moses, gather the people together and I will give them water. Then Israel sang this song. Spring up, O well, sing about it, about the well that the princes dug, that the nobles of the people sing. 
the nobles with scepters and staffs. Then they went from the desert of Mahatana, from Mahatana to Nahali, from Nahali to Bamath, and from Bamath to the valley in Moab, where the top of Piga overlooks the wasteland. And so basically, they were almost traveling in a circle, not quite a circle, kind of like a horseshoe. Israel sent messages to say to Shihon, king of the Amorites, let us pass through your country. We will not turn aside into a uh, into a field or vineyard or drink water from your any wells. We will travel along the king's highway until we have passed through your territory. But King Shion would not let the Israelites pass through his territory. He mustered his entire army and marched out into the desert against Israel. And when he reached Yahaz, he fought with Israel. Israel, however, put him to the sword and took over his land from Aaron to Joppa, but only as far as the Amorites, because their borders was fortified. Israel captured all the cities of the Amorites and occupied them including Heshbon and all its surrounding settlements. Heshbon was the city of Shion, king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab and had taken from him all his land as far as Aram. That is why the poet says, Come to Heshbon and let it be rebuilt. Let Shion's city be restored. So now I just want you to realize that, you know, notice the names. These are Arabic. (laughs) And if you look into the territory, they have crossed over the Jerusalem line. They are over into the Arabic. So, you know, I said that because, again, people don't understand how these Uh, two countries are related. Uh, Brothers, sisters, cousins. Again, if you go further down into the uh, African border near Egypt, again, there's a kinship there. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. All right, uh, five went out from Hishborn, a blaze from the city of Shion. We're, we're still reciting the poem. Um, it's consumed are of Moab, the citizens of Aaron's Heights. Woe to you, O Moab. Oh, this wasn't a poem, this was a song. No, it's a poem. It says that, is why the poets say, come to Hishbon and let it be rebuilt. Let Shion city be restored. Fire went out of Hishbon, a blaze from the city of Shion. It, it measures are at, 
of Moab, the citizens of Aaron's height. Woe to you, O Moab, you are destroyed, O people of Chemosh. He has given up his son as fugitives and his daughters as captives to Shion, king of the Amorites. But we have overthrown them. Heshbon is destroyed and all the way all the way to Dibon. We have diminished them as far as Nafar, uh, which extends to Megba. Med Mediba. So Israel settled in the land of the Amorites after Moses had sent spies to to Jazir. The Israelites captured its surrounding settlements and drove out the Amorites who were there. Then they turned and went up along the road towards Bash, Bashan, and Og, king of Bashan, and his whole army marched out to meet them in battle at Edri. The Lord said to Moses, Do not be afraid of him, for I have handed him over to you and his whole army and his land. Do to him what you did to Shihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Heshbon. So they struck them down together with his sons and his whole army, leaving them no survivors, and they took possession of his land. Chapter 22 Uh, the Israelites traveled to the plains of Moab and, cap- and camped along the Jordan across from Jericho. Now Black, Balak, son of Zippor, saw all that the Israelites had done to the Amorites. And Moab was terrified because there were so many people Indeed, Moab was filled with dread because of the Israelites. The Moabites said to the elders of Midian, This horde is going to lick up everything around us as oxen lick up the grass of the field. So Balak, son of Zippor, who was king of Moab at the time, sent messengers to summon Balaam, son of Beer, who was the peffer near the river in his native land. Balak said, A people have come from Egypt. They cover the face of the land and have settled next to me. Now come and put a curse on these people because they are too powerful for me. Perhaps then I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the country. For I know that that those you bless are blessed, and those you curse are cursed. The elders of Moab and Midian left, taking with them 
the the fee for divination. When they came to Balaam, they told him what uh, what Balak had said. Spend the night here, Balaam said to them, and I will bring you back the answer the Lord gives me. So the Mobites, Mobite princes stayed with him. <laughs> okay, God came to Balaam and, and, and answered, Who are these men with you? And Balaam said to the Lord, Balak, son of Zippor, king of the Moabites, sent me this message. A people that has come out of Egypt covers the face of the land. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps then I will be able to fight them and drive them away. But God said to Balaam, do not go with them. You must not put a curse on those people because they are blessed. The next morning, Balaam got up and said to Balak, prince, Go back to your own country, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. So the Moabite prince returned to Balak and said, Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak sent other princes more numerous and more distinguished than the first, and they came to Balaam and said, This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Do not let anything keep you from coming to me, because I will reward you handsomely and do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people for me. But Balaam answered them, Even if Balak gave me his palace filled with silver and gold, I could not do anything great or small to go beyond the commands of the Lord my God. Now stay here tonight as the others did, and I will find out what else the Lord will tell me. That night, God came to Balaam and said, Since these men have come to summon you, you go, you, uh, summon you, go with them, but do only what I tell you. Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the princes of Moab. But God was very angry when he went, and the angels of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into the field. Balaam beat her to get her back on the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path between the two vineyards with the wall on both sides. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, he pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat her again. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow path, narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam, and he was angry and beat her with the staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and said, 
And she said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered the donkey, You have made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road, and his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. The angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey was me and turned away from these three times. If she had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, but I would have spared her. Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I did not recognize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, I will go back. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. So Balaam went with the prince of Balak. When Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him at the Mobite town on Aaron's border at the edge of his territory. Balak said to Balaam, did I not send you an urgent summons? Why didn't you come to me? Am I really not able to reward you? Well, I have come to you now, Balaam replied. But can I say just anything? I must speak only what the Lord puts in my mouth. Then Balaam went with Balak to Karath, Herzoth. Uzoth. Balak uh, sacrificed cattle and sheep and gave some to Balaam and the princes who were with him. The next morning, Balak took Balaam up to Bamoth Baal, and from there he saw part of the people. Chapter 23. Balaam said, Build me seven altars here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. Balak did as Balaam said, and the two of them offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balaam said to Balak, Stay here beside your offering while I go aside. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet with me. Whatever he reveals to me, I will tell you. Then he went off to a barren height. God met with him, and Balaam said, I have prepared seven altars, and, and on each altar I have offered a bull and a ram. The Lord put a message in Balaam's mouth and said, Go back to Balak and give him this message. So he went back to him and found him standing beside his offering with all the princes of Moab. Then Balaam uttered his oracle. Balak brought me from Aaron, the king of Moab, from the eastern mountains.
Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come, denounce Israel. Come, uh, how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? And how can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? From the rocky peaks, I see them. From the heights, I view them. I see people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations who can count the dust of Jacob or the number, the fourth part of Israel. Let me die the death of the righteous and may my end be like theirs. Balak said to Balaam, what have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies, but you have done nothing but bless them. He answered, Must I not speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? Balaam's second oracle. Then Balak said to him, Come with me to another place where you can see them. You will see only a part, but not all of them. And from there curse them from me. So he took him to the field of Zephram on the top of Pisgah. And there he built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Balaam said to Balak, Stay here beside your offering while I meet with him over there. Then the Lord met with Balaam and put a message in his mouth and said, Go back to Balak and give him this message. So he went back to him and found him standing beside his offering with the princes of Moab. Black answered him, What did the Lord say? Then he uttered this oracle. Arise, Black, and listen. Hear me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should die, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does the promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot change it. No misfortune is seen in Jacob. No misery observed in Israel. The Lord their God is with them. The shout of the king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. They have the strength of a wild ox. There is no sorcery against Jacob in divination against Israel. It will now be said of Jacob and of Israel, See what God has done. The people rise like a lioness. They arose themselves like a lion that does not rest till he devours his prey and drinks the blood of his victims. Then Balak said to Balaam, Come, let me take you to another place. Perhaps it will please God to let you curse them for me from there. And Balak took Balaam to the top of Peor, overlooking the well overlooking the wasteland. Balaam said, Build me seven altars there and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. Balak did as Balaam had said and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. 
24. Now when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not restore, resort to sorcery as at other times, but returned his face towards the desert. Hmm. When Balaam looked out and saw Israel encamped tribe by tribe, the Spirit of God came upon him, and he uttered this, and he uttered his oracle. The oracle of Balaam, son of Peor, the oracle of one whose eye sees clearly, the oracle of one who bears, who hears the word of God, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate, and whose eyes are open. How beautiful are your tents, O Jacob, your dwelling places, O Israel. Like the valley, they spread out like gardens beside a river, like aloes planted by the Lord, like cedars beside the water. Water will flow from their buckets. Their seed will have abundant water. The king will be greater than Og, their king will be exalted. God brought them out of Egypt. They have the strength of wild oxen. They devour hostile nations and break their bones in pieces. And their arrows, they pierce them like a lion. They crouch and lie down like lioness who dare to, roll, to roll, rouse them. Who dares to rouse them? May those who bless you be blessed, and those who curse you be cursed. Then Balak's anger turned against Balaam. He struck his hands together with uh, he he struck his hands together, and said to him, "I summon you to curse my enemies, but you have blessed them these three times." Now leave at once and go home. I said I would reward you handsomely, but the Lord has kept you from being rewarded. Balaam answered Balak, Did I not tell you, did I not tell the messenger you sent me? Even if Balak gave me his palace filled with silver and gold, I could not do anything. Hmm. Anything of my own accord, good or bad, to go beyond the command of the Lord. And I must say only what the Lord says. Now I am going back to my people, but come, let me warn you of what this people will do to your people in days to come. <laughs> <clears throat> Balaam's fourth oracle. Then he uttered his oracle. The oracle of Balaam, son of Beor, the oracle of one whose eye sees clearly, the oracle of one who hears the word of God, who has knowledge from the Most High, and who sees a vision from the Almighty, who falls prostrate, and whose eyes are open. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not here. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. 
He will crush the foreheads of Moab, the skulls, and all the sons of Seth. Edom will be conquered. Seir, his enemy, will be conquered. But Israel will grow stronger. A ruler will come out of Jacob and destroy the survivors of the city. Balaam's final oracle. Then Balaam said to Amalek and uttered his oracle. Amalek was first among the nations, but he will come to ruin at last. Then he saw the Canaanites and uttered his oracle. Your dwelling place is secure. Your nest is set in a rock. Yet your Canaanites will be destroyed when the Asher takes you captive. Then he uttered his oracle. Ah! Oh! This is sugar free. Uh, then he uttered his oracle. Ah, uh, who can live when God does this? Ships will come from the shores of Kinnam, and they will subdue Asher and Iber, but they too will come to ruin. Wow. Woo. That's some kind of oracle. All right, let's move on to 25. While Israel was staying in Shittim, the men began to indulge in sexual immorality with the Moabite women, who invited them to the sacrifices to their gods. The people ate and bowed down before their gods. So Israel joined in worship with Baal and Peor, and the Lord's anger burnt against them. The Lord said to Moses, Take all the leaders of these people and kill them, and expose them in the broad daylight before the Lord, so that the Lord's furious anger may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to the Israel's judge, Each of you must put to death those of your men who have joined in worship the Baal of Peor. Then the Israelites' men brought, uh, brought to his family a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel, while they were weeping at the entrance of the tent of meetings. When Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw this. He left the assembly, took a spear in his hand, and followed the Israelite into the tent. He drove the spear through the both of them, through the Israelite, and into the woman's body. Then the pledge against the Israelite was stopped. Then the plague against the Israelites was stopped. But those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. Wow. The Lord said to Moses, Phinehas, son of Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my anger away from the Israelites. For he was 
as zealous as I am for my honor among them, so that in my zeal I did not put an end to them. Therefore, tell him, I am making my covenant of peace with him. He and his descendants will have a covenant of lasting priesthood because he was zealous for the honor of his God and made atonement for the Israelites. The name of the Israelite who was killed with the Mennonite woman was Zimiri, son of Salu, the leader of the Simeonite family. And the name of the Midianite woman who was put to death was Cosby, daughter of Zur, a tribal chief of the Midian, Midianite family. The Lord said to Moses, treat the Midianites as enemies and kill them because they treated you as an enemy when they deceived you in the affair of Peor and their sister Go. Goldsby, the daughter of Midianite leader, the woman who was killed when the plague came as a result of Peor. Now remember, <clears throat> who married a Midianite? Moses, right? He met, his wife was a Midianite. Remember his father-in-law. Because what they did, they became their enemies. And probably more than likely his father-in-law had uh, had passed on by then. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to chapter 26 now. After the plague, the Lord said to Moses and Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, Take a censor of the whole Israelite community by family, and all those 20 years old or more who are able to serve in the army of Israel. So on the plains of Moab by the Jordan River from Jericho, Moses and Eleazar, <clears throat> the priest, spoke with them and said, Take a censor of the men 20 years old or more. <clears throat> as the Lord commanded Moses. <clears throat> there were the Israelites who came out of Egypt. The descendants of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, were through Hanak and Hanukite clan, through Palu, the Palonite clan, through Hezron, the Hezronite clan, through Camry, the Camerite clan. And there were the clans of the Reuben. Those numbered uh, were 43,730. The sons of Palu and Elab, the sons of Elab, were Numel, Dathan, and Abram. The same Dathan and Abram were the community officials who rebelled against Moses and Aaron and were among Korah's followers when they rebelled against the Lord. The earth opened the mouth and swallowed them along with Korah, Korah whom followers died when the fire devoured the 250 men. 
and they served as a warning sign. The line of Korah, however, did not die out. <clears throat> the descendants of Simeon by their clans were through Numel, uh, through Numel, the Numelite clan, through Jamin, the Jamanite clan, through Jackin, the Jackanite clan, through Zira, the Zeranite clan, through Shal, the Shalite clan. There were the clans of Simeon. They were 22,200 men. The descendants of Glad by their clans were Zephon, the Zephonite clan, Haggai, the Haganite clan, Shunai, the Shunai clan, through Ozni, the Ozni clan, through Eri, the Erite clan, through Arati, the Arati, the Aratid clan, through Arli, the Arlite clan. These are the clans of the Glad. Their number was 40,500. Ir and Onan were the sons of Judah, but they died in Canaan. The descendants of Judah by their clans were through Shelah, the Shelanite clan, through Pez, Perez, the Pezerite clan, through Zerah, the Zeranite clan. The descendants of Perez were through Hezeron, the Hezeronite clan, through Hamul, the Hamulite clan. There were the clans of Judah. Those numbered 76,500. The descendants of Issachar by their clans was Tola, the Tolanite clan, Pu'ah, the Pu'ite clan, Jashub, the Jazzabite clan, through Shimron, the Shimrite clan, through Zir, the Zeridite clan, through Elon, the Elonite clan, and through Jahel, Jahel, Jahelite clan. There were the these were the clans of Zippelon, those numbering sixty thousand five hundred. The descendants of Joseph by their clan through Mezanah and Ephraim. The descendants of Mezra through Mechir, the Mechirite clan, through Gilad, the Gilad, the Giladite clan. Uh, the descendants of Gilad through Ezer, Ezelite clan, through Hecklet, the Hecklite clan, through Aserel, the Aserelite clan, through uh, Shechem, the Shechemite clan, through Shemada, the Shemadite clan, and through Hefer, the Hephite clan. Zelophehad, son of Hefer, had a had no sons. He had only daughters, whose names were 
Mahalia, Noah, Hoga, Michka, and uh, Terza. These were the clans of Messina. Those numbered 52,400. <clears throat> yeah, those are the three daughters. Okay, we will get to the three daughters who had no uh, they're mentioned again later on. They had no um, They had no property. Well, they, um, how do I put this? Um, when they were doling out the land, they didn't have a, it was just them. It was nobody else. So they wanted their portion, even though they weren't meant. And you'll see later on, the Lord did give them their portion. Okay, um, these were the descendants of Ephraim by their clan. Through Shephelah, uh, the Shephelah clan. Through Becker, the Beckerite clan. Through Tahan, the Tahanite clan. These were the descendants, descendants of Shulilah. <laughs> through Aaron and Aaronite clan. These were the clans of Ephraim. Those numbers were 32,500. These were the descendants of Ephraim by their clans through... Uh, we, just, we just did that. Okay. Um, these were the descendants of Joseph by their clan. Descendants of Benjamin by his clans were through Bella, the Bellalite clan, through Ashabel, the Ashabelite clan, through Aram, the Aramite clan, through Shufram, the Shufranite clan, through Hufram, the Hufranite clan, the descendants of Bel, through Arid and Naaman were through Arad, the Aranite clan, through Naaman, the Naamanite clan. These were the clans of Benjamin. They numbered, their number was 45,600. These were the descendants of Dan's clan through Shaham, the Shahamite clan. These were the clans of Dan. All of them were Shahamites. Clans and those numbered were 64,400. The descendants of Asher by their clans were through Imanah, the Imanite clans, through Ishavel, the Ishvite clans, through Berah, the Berahite clans, and through the descendants of Berahite, through the Herba or Herberite clan, through Machiel, the Machielite clan. Asher had a daughter named Sarah. These were the clans of Asher. Those numbers were 53,400. 
The descendants of Nabatilli of their clans was through Jezreel, Jezreelite clan. Through the Gunan, the Gunanite clan, through Jezar, the Jezreelite clan, through Shilliam, the Shilamite clan. These were the clans of Napatili. The numbers were 45,400. The total number of men was 601,730. The Lord said to Moses, The land is to be allotted to the man as the inheritance based on the number of names. To a large group give a large inheritance, and to the smaller group smaller one. Each is to receive its inheritance according to the number of those listed. Be sure the land is distributed by lot. What which group inherit will be according to the names for its ancestral tribe. Each inheritance is to be distributed by lot among the largest and the smallest groups. These were the Levites who were counted by their clans, Jeshon and Jeshonite clan, Korath the Koranite clan, through Mirah the Miranite clan. These also were the Levite clans, the Libanite clan, the Herbanite clan, the Malonite clan, the Mushite clan, the Korhite clan. Korath was the forefather of Aram. The name of Aram's wife was Jacobet, a descendant of Levites who was born to the Levite in Egypt. The Amorans, she bore Aaron, Moses, and their sister Miriam. Aaron was the father of Nadab and Abihu, Eliza, Eleazar, and Ithamar. But Nadab and Abihu died when they made an offering before the Lord when author, with unauthorized fire. All the male Levites, a month old or more, numbered 23,000, and they were not counted along with the other Israelites because they received no inheritance among them. These are the ones counted by Moses, Eleazar the priest, whom they counted the Israelites from the main plains of Moab by the Jordan across the Jericho. Not one of them was among these counted by Moses and Aaron the priests when they counted the Israelites in the desert of Sinai. For the Lord had told those Israelites they would surely die in the desert, and not one of them was left except Caleb, son of Jephthah, and Joshua, son of Nam. Okay, and that is our reading for the day, everyone. Uh, we're getting pushed a little late here today, so... We're going to stop here at chapter 26. We'll pick up in 27 tomorrow. Everyone have a blessed evening and good night.